This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're in the 757 and interested in getting locks, she is the one to go to. Specializes in all kinds of locks, dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, extensions, interlocks, interlocking, and more. To set an appointment, feel free to check her out on Facebook, Janique Locks. That's G-E underscore N-I-Q-U-E Locks. On Instagram, at Janique Locks, or simply visit her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this podcast. I started off this one with I know you're good, and so I'm going to celebrate that and not say anything stupid. But uh, again, welcome, welcome uh, to the latest episode of I2I, short for Inspired to Inspire, the podcast. It's all about being open, honest, and real about life and faith. And as always, we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to. And Oh boy, <laughs> this week. I like how last week the if you're still alive was rhetorical. This week it's a legitimate question. <laughs> I know, that, but that's why I didn't want to say it because I mean, legitimately somebody could be listening to this right now and yeah, I mean, if, if not to be playful with it, but they may have actually lost Gam Gam uh, to right. this COVID-19 joint. So I would rather not do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just really think it's a good idea. Uh, to say, of course, if anybody does have a family member who's suffering from this thing, we're praying for you. We're believing for the best. Uh, but of course, always, uh, we're, as we do believe for the best, we are, are believing that hopefully this, this thing will be done sooner rather than later. I know we had the conversation. I know that sooner rather than later is probably still June. Yeah, but, probably. Uh, yeah. Nonetheless, I, I think that in the, in the scheme of life. <laughs> I know uh, it's not Easter. <laughs> I know that. No. We know for sure it's not Easter, although, um, like I said, boy, they just they gave us some stuff to talk about this week, boy. And <laughs> one of those is, is is pastors that certainly believe that oh, screw an Easter, <laughs> let's let's have church this this past weekend, right? Why uh, wait till Easter? <laughs> we can do it now. The level of head shaking that has taken place in the past two weeks because of decision making yeah, and not just that executive decision making like leaders and stuff has been, it's, it's outright. It's amazing. Like, I, it's good that it's head shaking and not uh face palming because like the response I sent to you a week ago, where I sent you like three face palms and I'm like, I guess we shouldn't be touching our face. <laughs> so yeah. we've moved on to SMH. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, so, yeah, even if you guys are texting friends or if you're on your favorite social media handle, um, if you're doing the facepalm SMH emoji, yeah, stop uh, it. you are out of line. No, you start. Another one to use. I think I gave some uh, some you different did. alternatives. You know, you could do just the, the flat uh, mouth one. 
um, which is weird because that one actually comes up as sorry. You know how when you type it in your phone? Yeah. That one comes up as sorry. And I'm like, sorry? Like if, like that seems like a very (laughs) disingenuous apology. If you're, you just have a flat mouth, you just don't care. To me, that seemed more like a, oh boy. Hmm. You're like, I know, like, uh, what do you want me to do? It's more like a, hmm, than it is, oh, I, I apologize. Yeah, I don't know what you want me to do about it. What you want me to do about mm-hmm. it? <laughs> That's kind of what that one looks like to me. I think the the shoulder shrug kind of works in depending, depending on the tone you want to send. True. But uh, yeah. True, true, true. Well, you know, whatever it is, let it be uh let it be petty and asinine and uh that'll it'll do its thing for sure, for sure. But yeah, guys, we got um we got a few things to talk about tonight, and those few things are probably gonna make way to a gateway of us asking what on earth is wrong with people um yeah <laughs> i think that's the right way to put it uh, i mean i don't know i just you know we, we we were talking last week and i was thinking about uh what we talked about and i was like did do we really show ourselves last week with with how i know I, I know how i was feeling um and i wasn't trying to make it a gripe session but yeah i'm sure it became something like that uh and i was like maybe i'm wrong maybe i just need to you know be a little bit more thoughtful and maybe have just a touch more grace <laughs> oh see you're coming around to this 2020 not being so hot <laughs> you know I, I i no not even that i'm still not i'm still not going with you on that no go okay. ahead all right but um you know i was like maybe i just need to back off a little bit and just kind of be easy and then sunday happened and now i'm right back where i was probably even more so um and i guess we're gonna have to talk about that first so let's just uh Let's kick this off. I don't know if any of you guys have heard about this. It's not like it made national news by any means, but um, in a, in a state where a lot of people live, it's called Florida, and it's infamous already for things like Florida Man. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, if you guys have never looked at that stuff, you know, it's it's the real deal. Google like your name. Yes. Or not, not, no, your name, not your name, you unless that. you are Florida Man. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> if you Google your name and Florida man and you get hit, you might yeah. be Florida man. I'm, I might want your, uh, I might want your, your autograph for, uh-huh. for uh, but now Florida man. Like if you type in, what is it? Like your birthday, if you do Florida man and your birthday. So yeah, I Florida think man and your birthday so far, funny enough, my birthday is one of my favorite ones. It's <laughs> Florida man goes through drive through liquor store for six pack with alligator in truck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I got a good one. <laughs> Perfect, man. Yeah, I think I think that a, a good percentage of them involved alligators for some reason. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, it's Florida. Well, it's Florida. So I don't I want mean, to say that makes geez. sense because that should never make sense. No, like but Florida, yeah. man, they they gotta have their alligators. Oh gosh, I believe that is man's best friend in the state of Florida. It's not dogs. <laughs> <laughs> You might be right, which makes that absolutely unfortunate. And anyway, if it, yeah. and if it's not a, an alligator, then it's probably like a python. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's Florida, man. It's just it's it's crazy. And that's I guess we can leave that there. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, uh, the one thing about Florida is that there are a lot of people that have faith, um, and some of their faith is is good faith, and some of their faith might be a, <laughs> a touch mis- yeah, just a touch misguided. Uh, as we discovered, um, local channel news station Fox 13 in Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, reported 
and I don't think they were the first ones, but they were the ones that were closest to the situation, uh, that a Tampa mega church pastor was arrested after leading packed services despite a safer at home order. So their governor had given them a safer at homes, I guess what they call it. Uh, you know, um, we, we got the, the, what do you call it? Um, what do they call those things? Order? Oh, executive order. Executive orders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to call it. Authorial order. I don't know what they're calling yeah, it. Just but. orders. We got all kinds of orders. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so they had already received that. And then uh, the the church in Tampa, um, which, you know, the funny thing is they don't really give the church's name every time. No, I got it. Them. It's uh, Rodney Howard Brown of the river at Tampa Bay. The river. Thank yeah. you. Okay. And the, Very po- cool. the police said the minister showed reckless disregard for human life. <laughs> reckless. So that's yeah. that's what you want your pastor to be described as the reckless reverend. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that goes in so many different directions because I'm pretty sure you already have like one Christian out there, probably 13 million Christians that uh-huh. listen to Bethel talking about I, I'm sure, whoever was wrote, wrote that song, the reckless yep. love of God. I'm sure that's their, often. their first song every Sunday, the reckless love. Yeah. And he's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the reckless love. And, of you God. know, you said that you didn't think this made national news. However, <laughs> the story I pulled up was from the LA times. So yeah, no, I, no, I it's, know it made national It's news. definitely all over. Um, people are yeah. having a fun time. Uh, <laughs> the, oddly, this is something that at least us as Christians, we can agree with a lot of secular folk in that we love to mock Christianity and Christians as well when it's warranted. <laughs> Dude, I will I'll pretty much almost mock anything if it's warranted uh, uh-huh. in, in the spirit of pettiness, you know, not... Yeah. Not to be uh this isn't even petty, this is just downright dopey. Well, I mean, it's I don't want to say that it's earned and it's deserved, but it's earned and it's mm. deserved. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. Uh but no, I'm just you know, I was looking and I'm reading, you know, Brown, this dude is fifty eight years old. He's been in the ministry for I don't know how long. And uh yeah, it says that uh he was arrested, uh the charges of unlawful assembly and violating public health emergency rules of isolation and quarantine. So this is legit. They didn't just make this up. Um, right. And yeah, so he's already released. As a matter of fact, I've seen it. Um, I haven't followed him, followed him, but I followed him enough. Like he was released 40 minutes later. Yeah. And he posted like $500 <laughs> bond. Yeah. I so, don't I mean, know if this is, I don't know if this part is true, but I, I did read the $500 bond. And then I think I saw a joke where someone said they probably just took it right out of the offering bucket. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but they probably did. You're they right. Probably so. did. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, this poor guy. And uh, it it says the church maintains that the right to assemble in worship is a fundamental freedom that cannot be abridged even in an emergency. And then he cites early American religious (laughs) descendants, including the Baptists and the Quakers as examples. Like (laughs) that is not the same type of persecution. I was like, what? They're saying, Hey, listen, um, you probably shouldn't meet. So you don't die versus Hey, you probably shouldn't meet so we don't kill you. <laughs> that's that's a very yeah, that's, different level. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was just like, I don't I mean, unless they think that that the coronavirus is the persecutor. And then you still got a, right. a whole different 
ball yeah. game of 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 absolute yes. ignorance on your hand. I mean, you <laughs> the know, virus is that, sentient. <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't don't take me because we already know about this virus and where it came from. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later, anyway. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it's hilarious to me because you know where you listen to this dude and you listen to what he was saying and pretty much the rhetoric that he's putting forth is that. You know, you you got it like a church that that's not meeting right now just doesn't have the guts to have the faith, right? And, and I was like, okay, you 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 ready to have this conversation, huh? Okay, all <laughs> right, right, my guy, right. <laughs> you want to do that? Yes. Um, and what was crazy about it was, you know, I was just I was thinking, and I, I really wanted to leave it alone for a second, but I I had no idea, and this is where everything just went a hundred percent left. I didn't even tell you this one. Um, that I am actually friends on Facebook with somebody who goes to this church. Oh, yeah? Had no clue. Had no clue. You had uh, no clue they, you were friends with them? Well, no. Or I, that they I went knew, there? I knew who they were. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to name them because it's, it's not even worth it. It's not worth the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, uh, I was like, well, let me let We should have had them on. No. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> Heck to the no. Absolutely not. Um. But, you know, so if anybody knows this person, that's cool because we don't need no clapbacks up here. Um, I will be petty, but at the same time, I'm not trying to put people on blast. Uh, but I just need you to hear this post that they put up there. Oh, so, to, okay. So yeah. this is oh, as yeah, good as post. having them on. You have yeah. some firsthand. Okay, good. Yeah. And they put this out in the public eye to see. So, so there's that. Um, but yeah, it, and, and the post says as follows, and it starts off in all caps. We are, <laughs> of course, radicals. <laughs> we are radicals. Yes. The radicals, not not rad. Oh, the, the radicals. So the. Is that a new band? What is that? Um, sure, okay. but for now, and it says, "Do you hear me?" And that's regular. They they do know how to write, and then they go back to all caps again. It's like this pastor, Doctor Rodney Howard Brown, is the pastor of the sister church to the church I love. So they call doctor, it doctor, yeah, the Rodney. river in West. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's not All a right. medical doctor. Uh-huh. The river in West Palm Beach. He is now in trouble because he held church service against the stay at home order, potentially risking thousands of people. So you're willing to admit that. Let's keep going. Right. But you see there is healing in his hands. Oh, oh, oh Lord, I, I cussed gracious. right there when I read that. I did. I just want y'all to know that right now. Um, and he walks with the unbridled authority of the Lord most high. So although they say it is risky, they do not understand the God we serve. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Do I want to read? Apparently neither do they. Yeah. that That's the whole thing. <laughs> Let me just, I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward. Um, you know, and so he, what is it like? God, God's power. There's no print. There's no apostrophe S there. God's okay. power heals all. So it's, it's multiple. Oh, God. So it's like the Romans or the Greeks. I'm really just being Apollo's petty, right? power. <laughs> yeah. And then, no, this, but this is, this is their marking here. This is, this is them giving this man whatever properties he deserves. Apparently he's like, he is an international evangelist. Do you hear me? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. International. Why did he yeah. go to Cuba once? I'm, I'm sure he had to have gone to Cuba mm-hmm. or maybe, um, defected he, he toured um, with, with his worship know. band, the radicals. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but let me let me finish this up because I really okay. just, I don't even want to go through all this. But yes, yeah, so it's like healing through Jesus Christ is found at His church. The devil is a liar. 
This saddens my heart for the world does not understand the things of the spirit. We love you, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. So, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm just wondering if there's like who's who's responding to this, what they're saying. And I had, I was jaw dropped for a minute and I was trying my best not to respond to people's stuff. But I came across one. And I just, I, I didn't know what to do. So, all right, first and foremost, I don't know if you saw, but anybody who was given a response to this that was in favor of people staying at home was talking about Romans chapter 13. Okay. And we yeah. all know Romans chapter 13 is talking about obedience to government um, because God is the one who puts people in authority in government. Right. And, you know, and I mean, for what it's worth, if we exegete that properly, at the end of the day, you recognize that you need to trust in that and that God appoints people no matter who they are. You can wrestle with that later and think about what you will. Well, not if they're <laughs> not if they're Obama. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Come on, I'm so sorry. Now that I did have a problem with, I, I had a huge problem with people saying that, and I, I kind of held my tongue for a second. Mm-hmm. But we, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna believe the Bible for one, you better believe the Bible for them all. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave no, because God only anoints every other president. You didn't you didn't read that part? That's in the unabridged terms. version of the Bible because he anointed Reagan, and then he and then he ignored you know like clinton but then he went back with bush again and then he ignored obama and then he went back with trump now like that's you didn't know that i um you know i did okay i did not i did not know that um (laughs) for what it's worth uh anybody who does I, i want somebody to say that to my face one day i really do I think that's the the best way to put that. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I want to be there when they say it, Bruh, I'm so ready for it. I am ready for it. Mm-hmm. That's oh. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I was I was good. Um, but then I ran across this one person. I, I really want to say his name, but I'm not going to do it. I think that he's somebody's pseudo pastor somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was responding to somebody else. It was the person that was talking about Romans 13 initially. And he was like, the government has no say in religion in America. I don't know if this is really his, his <laughs> I feel like this is, it has to be something like And I feel bad because I know that that is really, hmm. really stereotyping. But sometimes stereotypes are true. Anyway, um, this is, plus we are not to forsake the assembly of the gathering. Amazing how many Christians will erroneously line up to take the mark of the beast misquoting Romans 13. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody really had the audacity to say that. And so I had to put that man in check and mm-hmm. I had no problem doing it. No, you enjoy that. I mean, I do. That's what I'm discovering. And maybe it's a Lord forgive me moment when it comes down to it. But if I got to hold people accountable because they're going to come out their mouth with stuff like that, that's why we were talking about what we were talking about last week with bad theology. Mm-hmm. Because it, it doesn't even have to be the doom and gloom stuff. It could be something like this. Well, you're also very good at it because I get a little too witty and snarky and, <laughs> and just try to win based on, you know, pointing to one side of the room and they're applauding louder for me than the other guy. Uh, you actually bring, <laughs> you bring, <laughs> you bring value and content and scripture and I just bring the jokes. So yeah, I always no, appreciate look- when you reply. I mean, nah, you know, you're appreciated because you you might bring the jokes and, and your jokes are sometimes ridiculous, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's necessary for the sake of all. It but is. you also bring the stats like I, I, I can't I don't even know how to do research the way you do research. And, and that's what you do. You work with numbers all day. I do like place. that stuff. I digress. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you also 
um, start talking about toilet paper in the White House. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so uh, every chance I get, <laughs> you know, I want you to know. Thank you. I'm, I'm 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 surprised and amazed that we did not get an email on that one. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I gave a case. fake address. That's why. Oh yeah, that's right. We uh-huh. did. We sent it into the abyss, but yeah. also the emails plastered everywhere. So whatever. I'm just I'm thankful. Um, but yeah, no, I just I told him, you know, outside of the fact that he needs to recheck his understanding of Romans chapter 13, um, that there's definitely a need for faith in our nation. But frequently, the Bible shows us that faith must intersect with wisdom. Right. Yeah, because that that's an issue. This is when um, I constantly think about the Book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Because Proverbs is, it's all about wisdom, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, this blind faith in God being so powerful, you know, he is, that's fine. But the fact is, is that's, that's not really how he designed us uh, in, in this stage of the world to just blindly ignore <laughs> <laughs> the right. the the physical laws of nature that he created, by the way, and he put in place. And what's interesting is that to piggyback on some of this stuff, one of the other quotes that I saw in the article that I pulled up was from a gentleman by the name of R. R. Reno, so Triple uh-huh. R, uh, editor of First Things, a prominent conservative Christian magazine, recently said in an article that politicians have been correct to put forth stern measures to slow the spread of the virus. He added churches should stay open, though. When we worship, we join the Christian rebellion against the false lordship of the principalities and powers that claim to rule our lives, including sickness and death. That, that almost read like Star Wars fanfic. Like he was like Christian rebellion. You got the rebellion of the false lordship or, you know, like the Sith. <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's God. Like, what? I mean. That it, doesn't make sense though. Cause wouldn't that make Christianity the dark side? Oh Lord. That, that's no, cause he's the Christian rebellion. The rebellion was the good side. Oh, okay. That was oh, not okay. the empire. Right. Um, yeah, not, and then uh, what, but this is what I find interesting is if, if the, f- false lordship of principalities and powers that claim to rule our lives, including sickness and death. If those things are false, then what, what are you so pumped up about? Like they don't exist. So why are you trying to fight so hard? Like just stay home for a few weeks so that maybe non-believers don't get sick so that you have a longer chance to bring salvation to them. Cause clearly well, those things must reign over their lives. Cause you yeah, know, I last know. I checked Christians don't get sick or die. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So you know. all those all those funerals I went to, they were kind of just for show when it came down to it, right? Um, or, or no, they just didn't. They weren't real Christians, Jordan. Oh, they oh they were okay. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. That's just like all the students that must not be Christians at Liberty University is they already had eleven cases break out the second. <laughs> oh, everybody there's came a whole there's a whole nother one, a whole nother can of worms that we can open up yeah. with that one. I know we 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 will leave that one alone, but trust me, I I had to get one word in on that. Yeah. But no, I mean, and that's also my point though, because that's what I was saying too. At the end of the day, like in context, if we're dealing with whatever issue it is, which is mainly rooted in pride, at the end of the day, I, this is what I said: this pastor loses one of his own to this disease. I, I pray for him because he's responsible for exercising wisdom over his flock, which he clearly did not do. And it will be extremely tough. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a road like for him and self-forgiveness and everything to get to a point of healing. So I'm praying that that doesn't have to be the case. Well, I'm pretty sure that it's mentioned multiple times by Paul that, uh, those who 
practice or are given the gift of being, you know, teachers or pastors, uh, they receive double honor, but also double responsibility and, and double judgment and all that fun stuff. So you got to be careful, you know? Yeah, they're definitely judged more harshly. You know? yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, like, if I'm thinking about me being a Christian leader, um, like, that can almost make me sick to my stomach in certain instances. You know what I'm saying? When I'm, especially right. when I'm dealing with people who, you know, you just, you have those conversations. They're trying their best to to learn and to live and to lead and they get a little bit of this quote unquote bad theology. It doesn't even have to be anything crazy. Right. But you know you gotta sit down and have a conversation or correction and things like that. But you know, I used to get really nervous about stuff like that. And now I don't bat an eye because I would rather you be ticked off at me and then finally get the point um and keep the party going than not ticked off at me because I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. Well and then, we know, like we like to talk about the bad theology, right? Uh-huh. So there is a gentleman who studies mega churches. And he said um, that those that are continuing to have services are most likely to be those that subscribe to the prosperity gospel beliefs. Mm. (laughs) So, you know, we're already dealing with some bad theology with that and why not double down and uh, you know, just keep coming. So, no, it, I don't know. It just, it really upsets me. And it was funny because I was having a conversation with another friend of mine who's um, a chaplain in the Navy and a, a pastor in Alabama. And we were talking about the same thing. And he was, it was funny because he was spitting all the context. I, I didn't have time. I didn't want to break down context. I'm not trying to teach nobody on Facebook. That's, I get paid to do that at a college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, but seriously, that's what it is. It's just, I think that sometimes people really don't take the time. Uh, to simply sit down and learn how to rightly rightly divide uh, any part of the word. And it don't have to be super deep. You just need to get the, the real context and the real nature of something. Like right. I had um, a friend of mine come at me the other day. Uh, it was on Facebook too, talking about some uh, prophecy thing about the understanding of prophecies being fulfilled and how this is the coronavirus is related to some prophecy. And I was looking at the the text that they gave me, and it was in Luke twenty six or twenty seven twenty. I can't remember. Uh, so I think it was twenty six. And I looked, and that just made me scratch my head. I was like, "What kind of prophecy fulfilled are you giving me from Luke twenty six? And it is directly related to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I was like. That has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Side. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so, I saw. I think I saw that. I think you sent that one to me. Um, yeah, yeah. That that was the most eye-opening thing for me when I started, you know, diving into understanding scripture a little bit better was uh, understanding context and putting that kind of at the forefront as a filter before you start reading things, because exactly. you hear a lot of people you know, listen and, and read things or hear a pastor say, or, or even when they're reading the word themselves, not understanding, like all of those letters that Paul wrote are to specific churches. Like he's writing them to specific people. Right. And, exactly. and that's like saying that a letter that your dad left for you versus a letter he left for your brother, both apply to both of you equally. Like that's, that's not how that works. He, he knew you specifically, like he's probably writing, he's giving some advice to your brother. That's different than the advice for you. Cause he understood like there was a relationship that he had and you have to understand the context within those things. Um, Cause not everything applies, you know, just verbatim. <laughs> yeah, no, it, can't. it definitely can't, you know, I mean, and then, and those conversations go all over the place. Uh, my favorite one, um, I, uh, in class, I was playing uh, a message by Darius Daniels. 
um, called I Quit Church. And if, if you haven't ever watched that thing, you need to watch it because it, it is it's, it's probably one of the most diesel sermons about the understanding of why people are not prone to wanting to come to church now. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things he broke down, though, you know, talking about the difference between uh, men and women, he doesn't he doesn't even go into the ministerial context of it all. Um, he was just talking about how women aren't supposed to be wearing men's clothing and how some churches translate that into the fact that women can only wear skirts. Well, I was, you know, you got to think back in the day, like, did 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 men have Levi's or true religion? No, nah, chances are everybody <laughs> no, they were named was, Levi. Yeah, exactly. Like every <laughs> was wearing something that was dressed like in nature, I'm pretty sure. So how are you going to tell me that a woman has to wear a skirt because men wear pants now? Like, no, it was it was the type of garment most likely or more than likely in some of those cases that they were dealing with. Right. And so it's absolutely stupid to sit up here and say that a woman has to wear a skirt. And there are churches that still do that, still very much do that. Right. And, there are. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I don't love them no less. But I'm like, bro, if we're really going to get with the program and you are supposed to be a spiritual leader because you don't get that from somebody just telling you that at the church, like that's a top down deal. Yeah, I mean, they just, a lot of times they just ignore the fact that there was the culture of the day. They just, they don't care about that at all. I mean, it would be like applying sensibilities that we have in society today versus the sensibilities that they had in society in 1820. Well, guess what? In 1820, uh, slavery was just fine. And today we realize that it's not. Yeah. Yeah, the slavery thing is... um that's a, that's still a conversation. And so it will make enough sense for us to understand that context really does matter because people still keep that same mindset. Denominations keep that same mindset. Um, and then obviously that means that a lot of Christians keep that same mindset. Um, all alone, all along, excuse me, uh, probably realizing somewhere in the back of their head that uh, the whole love God, love your neighbor thing um, doesn't quite match up with that mentality. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it all makes perfect sense. Um, but at the same time, most folks don't know that because we got a lot of folk theologians out there. Um, and for those who don't know, folk theologians are people who, uh, listen to what the pastors say or listen to what, whatever they're listening to, whatever platform they're listening to, because a lot of people ain't even listening to pastors these days. Um, a lot of the quote unquote religious right, fight me on it if somebody is one. I love you, but still um, aren't even going to church these days. Uh, So who knows where they actually get their uh, Christian information from. But a lot of it is basically saying that I need to go back to the late 1800s and 1900s um, and hang on a tree. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that's not how that's supposed to work. Well, it's funny for the Bible being the the living word, right? And kind of... Mm -hmm being relevant to various times of life and society and whatnot. Uh, A lot of people just kind of feel like, well, I learned everything there was to learn by the time I was 10 and went into youth group and, you know, I'm good now. (laughs) And they just stop pursuing it, stop learning more about it, stop stop applying it to their life uh, now because I bet you at the age of 20, they think differently than they did at 10. And at the age of 30, they think differently at 20 and so on and so forth. And yet they don't continue to grow their understanding of what they they even think that they believe and that was a a big challenge that i kind of felt called to um you know a couple years back where it was like do i even really understand what it is that i 
think I understand about what I think I believe. (laughs) And, you know, and then there's so many levels and you have to pursue it. You have to pursue it and you have to spend time and you've got to put in the work. So, but this isn't even the only, we just spent 30 minutes talking about one pastor. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because I was about to go down that same track. So thank you for stopping me because I was going to talk about that works on black people's sides too. Cause we always talk about white folk, but I'm like, Hey, my amazing color people need to recognize they do the same thing. It doesn't become the most segregated hour in America, uh, without both parties being involved. <laughs> right. It, well, I mean, ignorance is not prejudice. <laughs> no, it's not. Ignorance is not prejudice. It's no. not ignorance just kills. No. It doesn't have to kill people. It, it does. can kill relationships. It can kill a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. So my bad, sir. You were saying. No, you're good. I was just thinking, you know, we, we spent 30 minutes talking about the this one pastor who got arrested and he's not even the only one. <laughs> there was another pastor in Louisiana. And there's funny enough, there's two stories about Louisiana that we can get into. But this other pastor well, named Tony Spell. Funny, but go ahead. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it says the guy who likes to say everything. You know, the funny part is, I meanwhile, you're talking about like cancer rates and whatnot. Um, this is true. My bad. <laughs> So this guy's name is Tony Spell. <laughs> Seems like a fitting name for like a shyster pastor putting his whole congregation <laughs> under a spell. Can you beat that out? <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds like instead of a pastor, it sounds like a magician. <laughs> Come see okay. Tony Spell at the Magic Castle. Uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, right under there with Peter Popo. Yeah, he he had a quote that. <laughs> It did had me rolling and I was so excited. I couldn't wait to even tell you. So when, when he gets arrested for his congregation of, I believe a hundred people. So, you know, shout out to the small churches. Um, he got arrested for that. And his quote was, I've never been more proud to be persecuted for the faith. Like my savior. (laughs) So he's being persecuted because he went against the orders of, of health and safety. And by the way, literally broke the law. Meanwhile, he's comparing himself to Christ. who, Even in the eyes of Pilate was like, uh, yeah, no, don't think he did anything wrong actually. And they're like, well, kill him anyway. So yeah, exact same persecution and also exact same level of sacrifice. (laughs) There's so many different directions I can go on with that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he lived. Oh. Just he he said that like you have that written down. No, it it was it was in that. quotations. Yes. Oh man! Oh my gosh! I okay, know. so listen, I mean, no, I'm I, I'm I'm not that person. But let me just be pro-black for about three seconds. So, <laughs> okay. um, I do remember there was a time when a certain person actually did go to jail for for disobeying state laws and regulations mm-hmm. and his name was martin luther king jr mm-hmm. and and the reason why what you just said like yeah it was hilarious but it pisses me off beyond imagination because i don't know exactly what he believes he's fighting for here and it can't be christian liberties because they didn't say that you can't worship god they told you to stay home right it had um, nothing to do with religious freedom at all yeah yeah not not a doggone thing man um but yeah he went to jail because there were 
uh, things that were set trying to strip his freedom and he was fighting for them. Um, and, and to the point of writing the, the letter in the Birmingham jail and, um, and even being interviewed, one of my favorite things, I think we talked about that when we had Goody on, um, my favorite thing that Martin Luther King ever did was an interview on Meet the Press in 1968. And he was having a conversation with a bunch of white dudes that were asking him why he was doing the stuff that he did. And if he thought it was okay uh, for him to set the example of somebody who goes to jail because they were disobeying the law. And he basically broke it down. They told it to him, um, you know, it's the same thing you'll hear nowadays. Like, you know, Hitler killed millions of Jews and he didn't break law number one when he did it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it's always, it's just it's the same principle. It doesn't mean that the laws that were in place were right, you know, and that's one of the things that we as humans have to continue to learn. Our humanity is just that it's our humanity, which means that we are walking in flaws at all times. Um, and you just, you cannot be okay with something that dehumanizes somebody that degrades somebody that dismisses the commonalities of human dignity that we are all supposed to have. So if you're trying to tell me, cause that's the first thing I'm thinking, I'm sorry, that's exactly where my head is. If you're trying to tell me that you suffered, for the cause of Christ and, and you were glad that you were like Christ and something that had absolutely nothing to do with Christ. Right. Um, I'm going to need you to take a step back and reevaluate your life because somewhere along the lines, you, you missed the target you were aiming for. And now it's got you out here looking real stupid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I just, Oh God, I can't believe you said that. Well, that's, and that's, that's the hardest part for me because you know, here I am a, a Christian person and Unfortunately, I get lumped in with people like this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, you know, when people are, you know, growing up and it's like, you know, did you share your faith with people when you were in high school? No, because Christians were were nerds. <laughs> Christians, Christians were idiots. And and people are like, Well, you know, I mean, shouldn't shouldn't you be proud of what you well, no, it has nothing to do with being proud of believing in Jesus. But the problem is <laughs> is that all these other people who are happily proclaiming it also proclaim all sorts of other nonsense. Um, and unfortunately it seems to fall in line with, you know, essential oils and anti vaxxing and flat earth and and, uh, for whatever reason there's just all this nonsense that follows with conservative christian people i don't understand what their hatred is for science when christ and or when god is the one who created science (laughs) i don't don't you you know we don't have time to break that no we don't have time it's gonna be another hour and a half at least at least and there's still one more person we want to talk about because it also happened in louisiana uh, a gentleman, I and I don't have his name. I didn't look this up because it was a story from like two weeks ago. But it was another just <laughs> not a face palm because we don't do that anymore. But a, a head shaking moment. Uh, a gentleman from Northern Virginia area who had been in ministry for a long time, had been a pastor, been a singer. He decided that he was going to ignore all of the advice and quarantine stuff and go down to New Orleans during Mardi Gras to witness to people and play music and brought his family down there. And he knew that God was going to protect him from the the virus and it was no big deal. Well, he gone. And, and, and it wasn't a car accident. wasn't an alligator in, in Louisiana. wasn't a, a mugging. It was the coronavirus. <laughs> and I mean, it just it makes, been an alligator in Florida, buddy. I there's can't. alligators in Louisiana too, but I know, I know, but they turn those into ribs down there and they're very tasty actually. Uh, you know, alligators, not that bad. I think I had it in like a nugget. 
It's like a little, little, uh, <laughs> little fried and breaded nugget. little, little gator nugget. Okay, so. we need to chill out because then we're gonna have pita in here, and uh, you know we're already gonna have oh. super hyper faithful oh, Christians. Boy, thank you like for gathering. saying pita because now we can completely shift gears to Tiger King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give me like sixty seconds, man. No, I really Tiger appreciate King. it. That post you sent. Man, oh my god i was gonna get tiger king in here at some point because i also heard along with the coronavirus <laughs> funny enough from a conference call for my work there's a a christian guy who manages a, a mutual fund and he was talking about the the pandemic and very very educated guy went to like mit went to harvard has a phd has an md but works in finance and he was going through all sorts of very interesting things about flattening the curve and you know where these viruses come from and different things like that. And then he threw in this thing that, you know, he's kind of thinking that the reason why these viruses happen, well, I understand the science side of it. He also kind of jumped into the biblical side and said, because you know, in Proverbs twelve ten it talks about you need to, you know, be kind and treat the animals well. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. So I realize where these viruses come from. They come from countries where, yes, they they eat foods that we're not used to eating here in the States. They don't treat animals the same way. I get that. But I just I have a hard time understanding the correlation between what Proverbs is saying about treating animals. Because, again, in context, that's probably talking about animals that you're using to work your land, <laughs> mm-hmm. not animals that you're going to cook and eat. Uh, now suddenly we have viruses from them. I don't think that's quite the same context, but regardless, it did make me immediately think about the tiger King, uh, because (laughs) it talked about how we're supposed to treat the animals. And I mean, it's the number one trending thing in America right now. People are loving this. Like that documentary could not have come out at a better time, but we're all forced inside to watch something about crazy redneck nonsense in Oklahoma. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh my god have you watched it have you watched tiger King? no man how have no. you not watched this because i have a life there is stuff like this i didn't even like are you ever just kind of blown away that your expectation of mankind it, it somehow even exceeded beyond what you think <laughs> the links oh, look, or the man. things that people go to like i just didn't know that there were people like this <laughs> and, yeah and it's not, not just it's not just one but there's like there's dozens of us <laughs> apparently of course but no it's one of those is what you know that's what they call a uh this dot 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 this right here moment <laughs> like he, look th- this this is this right here this this is what i'm talking about yeah but how this often exactly are you why. genuinely surprised by human behavior um, here's the thing. Unfortunately, not that much. I know. So when you because are, we, bro, we've seen this on. Uh, we've seen this constantly. There, there's nothing new under the sun. No, you right? have not seen Tiger King. I mean, I know we haven't. No, it, I haven't seen Tiger. No, King. you haven't seen what goes on in Tiger King either. I mean, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen what goes on in Tiger King. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not disagreeing with you on this. Take here's the most the debaucherous. <laughs> degenerate behavior you could imagine and multiply it (laughs) i'm pretty sure but that's the whole thing like i'm not surprised at that man what why i gotta be surprised at that if if you are a human being i don't care who you are 
I'm not putting past you the fact that you can probably do some of the most ratchetiest nonsense I've ever seen in my entire life. And they can life continues to just show this and prove this to be true. I mean, from the people at Walmart.com on, you know, there are multiple ways. <laughs> no, no, no. But the thing is, is that people at Walmart a lot of times is just poor wardrobe choices. Like that's the only context you're seeing. <laughs> listen no, i'm no, challenging you like to watch a couple like, episodes and when we get oh back God. together next week you tell me that you were not in the even mildly surprised about what was going on in this documentary <laughs> okay i'd almost be willing to put money on it but i ain't got no money so it's cool but the rich um but the poor so i'm always messing that thing up i don't even care anymore but the poor sam rich that money ain't in my account yet but yeah i'll uh i'll, I'll go ahead i'll pop, I'll pop it's not like you got I'll, sports to watch <laughs> I watch it with me. You know, actually, as we speak right now, I'm 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 watching, get ready to watch the fourth quarter of the 2016 uh, NBA Finals, where LeBron finally beat the juggernaut that was. Um, but I will watch that, well, and uh, I'll, I'll even watch it with my wife because I want to see what her response is. And I'm that's sure that's going to be the best part of it. At least you're watching real basketball. I think I texted you earlier in the week that I was watching 2K. <laughs> NBA yeah. video game simulations on yeah. NBA TV or something. That that was a new low for me, wanting basketball that badly. You were, and I will continue to pray for you. I appreciate um, that. For that, because yeah, that's 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 bad, bro. It Sorry. is, I know. It, but it was, you know, <laughs> it was one of those moments where I was willing to admit, and I immediately text you and okay. ask for prayer. <laughs> accountability. <laughs> <laughs> this is my accountability <laughs> moment. It was my celebrate recovery moment. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's move on and into to deeper, murkier waters. Uh dealing with American culture and supreme misunderstandings. Um and let's go to an article. I I I picked the most objective article that I found out of the ones that was presented. Um so it's ABC News. You know, let me get my Ted Koppel on right quick. Um, and I'll just tell you the title and then let's just let it all go downhill from there. Well, let's let it kamikaze because that, that's not, that's an Asian word. Um, <clears throat> so it says FBI warns what? Leave me alone. No, uh, FBI said warns, that's the oh. Asian word. And then I immediately knew where you were going. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you got a point. So uh -huh. sorry. Not sorry. Uh, FBI warns a potential surge in hate crimes against Asian Americans amid Corona virus. Now mm -hmm. this stems from another story, an article that I saw um, in which in Midland, Texas, there was an individual who stabbed an Asian family. Don't even know if they were Chinese, they were just Asian. Um, I don't even think they specify their nationality in the story. Um, and this includes a two-year-old and a six-year-old being stabbed. And the reason why uh, this man pretty much said verbatim was because he thought uh, that because they were Asian people, um, that they indeed had the coronavirus or they potentially they had the potential to have the coronavirus. And so he was trying to do something to stop that. And he thought he was doing a good thing. Hmm. Um, I don't even know where to start on this one without just. Well, I just want to poke holes first in his plan in the first place. Um, okay. Let's just let's just play the hypothetical because you know how I like to my brain just thinks in these weird scenarios. Of okay, course. so if let's say I'm this guy, okay, and I see an Asian family. Um, by the way, I'm 
probably not going to take the time to determine if they're if they're Chinese or not. Um, I'm probably just going to assume whatever I want to. Uh, but here's the hypothetical. I think they have the virus, so I need to eliminate them to protect other people. My first thought is not to use a weapon where I literally have to <laughs> get right <laughs> up in their space. Like, I don't want to make light of what happened, but here you go. I mean, right, this right. just, this is where my brain goes. Like, this is where these plans fall apart. At least if you're going to try to deduce some logic in this approach, you know, that you want to, you're doing this to help save people and keep people from getting infected. Um, going about it with a knife is, is not six feet of distance. Um, it's just, it just seems like a really poor plan. <laughs> and forgive forgive me if it feels like I'm making but I just this is where my no, brain goes no, I, I, I apologize it, you know but that, that is not social distancing it is not like I mean there's there's other ways I guess but unless he was like a knife thrower <sighs> like maybe you know or you know just somebody <laughs> yeah, wants to yes. really kill with a stereotype I mean he was probably traveling with the circus with the idea <clears throat> that he had so he could have been I just I don't understand man I just I really don't and, um, you know, I, I, I try my best not to do these as much, but if I'm spurring to action on something like this, this, this was something that I just had to, I went, I went to Facebook and I was just like, and I mean, I broke it down. I even kept it as simple and even almost as funny as possible in light of everything that happened in the story. Um, but I was just like, we were talking about how people were afraid that Corona's were giving people the coronavirus so they weren't purchasing coronas and 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 corona sales went down and then corona finally had to speak up and say something well it wasn't in the beer and so i was just saying you know this originally developed apparently is what everybody keeps saying and so we're finally going to go with that in wuhan china and that's understandable um but just because it developed in that nation doesn't mean that it developed out of the people of that nation and one of the things that apparently is flying around, and it's just this this rhetoric that's fueled with ill will, basically, and that's what they said on on the um, on the story, um, is that this is coming from these people, apparently, or at least that's what's being spread, you know. And I believe that's being spread worse than the doggone virus itself, and we see what the virus is doing. So, you know, I just I I don't get what's going through somebody's mind. When they understand this, and the, and the craziest part about it is, uh, and, and the thing that I posted, you saw it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> had a couple of people um, who agreed wholeheartedly, and that was cool. Um, and somebody thought that it was just it, it, the the thought process, and it was on steroids. But I was like, no, unfortunately, it's very, very true. And you know, somebody who I really, really love and respect uh, even said that it might have something to do with mental illness. And you know what? It may have very well had something to do with mental illness, but that doesn't mean that the individual who did it, um, even if they had mental Ill mental issues, uh, wasn't taught something to, to understand in order to, to take that kind of action. Right. It has to come from somewhere. There's right. a seedbed that produces that thought process. That school of thought did not just develop within itself. Well, why, why it are we always have. defaulting to that? Why do we always default to somehow explain away behaviors? Why do we like to protect people who clearly have a, a racial or prejudiced motive? Whether it's mental health or not, the motive is hateful. And, you know, to just immediately dismiss it that way, 
Because, look, we've seen a trend in our country over the last three years of uh, an empowerment for people who have uh, kind of closeted ideas of hatred and bigotry and racism. Uh, I don't remember the last time in my lifetime. I don't remember uh, people like the KKK or Nazis actually forming publicly and feeling like it was, it was acceptable. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. And, and yet here we are, here we are. They're feeling empowered and I, you know, I mean, I don't want to blame anybody because <laughs> Lord knows, you know, people will get mad. But if yeah. we if we just think about what the different numbers in the equation are that get us to where we are. Um, <laughs> so, oh, gosh. Yeah, I know, man. I just uh. this is one of those moments where um, somebody who listens to our show regularly says that he doesn't like when I start a thought and then I don't finish it. So I'm going to just go ahead and say people are empowered by our current president and his bigotry and hatred, and they feel like it's okay to go ahead and stab people who may be of Asian descent because they think that they have a virus. It's beyond mental health. Sorry. Okay. You know, go ahead. Okay. That, and, you know, be that as it may, you know, he, he's, he's gone forward. And at the same time, he's doubled back from everything that I've seen talking about. We need to protect folk. Um, I don't see a plan of action for protection, but at least he said it. Um, you know, I'm, I'll keep it as objective as possible. Um, but I, something had to produce that understanding and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think it had anything to do with the virus. I honestly believe it was just one of those things where now we have reason to pull this out. Right. Like, yeah. I don't care. I'm going there. Like, no, now, now you feel like you've got just cause. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, and, and, and don't play because yeah, I understand that when they had the Spanish flu almost a, a century ago, I don't, I don't know if they had the same thought process there, but I forget who was telling me. Um, they were talking about, you know, how people have been banding together and how this has brought out the best in a lot of people. And I've seen that and it's very, very true. Um, you know, we, we were talking about that last week, how we're just, we're praying and, and it's cool to believe and see that the church is actually stepping up and doing everything that the church is doing. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody uh, was making note of what had happened back then and said that the exact opposite occurred, actually. Like, you got to see the worst in people. And <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, be that as it may, call a spade a spade, but we've been witnessing the worst in people in certain situations and scenarios to be specific for the past three and a half, four years. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, there's, n I'm not trying to place blame, but the objective observations would have it that, yeah, it comes from a rhetoric that has been very divisive for our nation. And, mm -hmm. and you know, the proof is in the pudding. I'm sorry. I don't, you don't have to tell me nothing. You don't need to argue with me on anything. You can take a look at the fact that by the time our election was done and you looked at the popular vote, you saw that the person who actually won the electoral lost the popular by what 400,000 votes oh no it was know, three, million. three million three uh, million yeah three million but i mean yeah. if, if we're looking at and thank you for the correction um <laughs> but if we're looking at america you know that is a very very small percentage and yeah a lot of people didn't show up to the polls to vote as well but still very very small percentage and when you look at it it, it might as well have been 50 50 split down the middle right and that's exactly what we still we're still dealing with today 
you know, there's, there's nothing in me that, that says, oh, no, it looks like there's some unification happening. There's not. There's no bipartisanship in, in government. There's, there's no understanding. Well, not no understanding. I won't, I won't say no. Um, but there's very little understanding of other ethnicities and other cultures because if, if that wasn't the case, then, then we would have a completely different conversation. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. But instead, it doubles up and it goes in a completely different direction. One of the things that I noted was that I feel bad because we're talking about people calling this a quote unquote Chinese virus. Right. And we're talking about these beautiful and amazing family members. They got stabbed in Midland, Texas for ultimately no reason other than somebody had fear and that fear produced hate. Right. And the other, other thing that I may mention of, and that is we as a nation are very, very ignorant when it comes to the understandings of the features of different Asian people, Japanese, Chinese, Korean. If you know them, then you know, there are some differences and sometimes they're very easy to notice. And sometimes they're not easy to notice, but what happens when you see somebody on the street and you can't tell if they're Korean, but, and, but you think they're Chinese or right, they're Japanese, right. but you think they're Chinese. So now all of these different people groups are potentially susceptible to the danger that's coming just because somebody fears that you have a virus because you're a person and you're a person that they think is of a certain nationality. It's stupid. It's preposterous, man. Right. And this is not an outlier situation. I've heard multiple people talking about increased stereotyping, uh, prejudice, racism against Asian Americans. I know I've, I listened to, uh, Mina Kimes and Pablo Torre, who are both of Asian descent on ESPN. And both of them have, have felt that. And both of them have, uh, expressed that their families or people that they know have heard things or felt things. I sent you a video earlier today of a woman, um, it looked like it was maybe over in, in England somewhere, uh, yelling at two, um, Asian women on the street and apparently spitting on them. Like this is just, <laughs> it's totally out of hand. And I don't know why people feel like any of this type of behavior is okay. One of the interesting things that, uh, Pablo Torre said, who, um, I really appreciate him because he's, he's very intellectual, very introspective. He said, what's, What's weird about being an Asian American is that no matter what generation you are, if your parents have been here since, you know, and he said it since they, they were here building the railroad as immigrants, uh, that means they could have been here for, you know, three, four, five generations. It doesn't matter. You still look like and feel like you're a foreigner here in America. And, wow. it, and, mm -hmm. and that's, again, that's just something that, we don't feel or we don't understand. I mean, even, even I think, you know, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm not black. So <laughs> I don't have that experience, but I'm glad to help you with that. But, yes. but what's interesting is that I, I never feel like black people aren't necessarily considered not American. You know, they're, uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Where like, I feel like uh, people from, the Middle East or from Asia are definitely considered as being foreigners. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I don't think people lump black people or the black community into being foreigners uh, in that no, same way. They don't. No, they don't. Um, and that is for a few reasons. Of course, I don't speak on behalf of all black folks, but I right. can speak on behalf of most black experience. Mm -hmm. um, we can't feel like foreigners 
ultimately because we know that America was built on our backs. Right. So you have a real conversation that you can start there. Now, here's the deal. Um, we could almost feel like foreigners except for the fact that we were allowed to stay here. And the original freedom conversation and the original freedom narrative, aside from that would set us apart, um, or the USA from from from, from England, uh, way, way back in the day in the 1770s, um, we were the first conversation about freedom. Right. We were the first real actual conversation about freedom. And so right. um, that kind of helps a little bit. Uh, but then to be perfectly honest with you, you also have to remember, and you know, as much as I love good old Honest Abe, um, Honest Abe wasn't <laughs> really uh, trying to do everything uh, the way that he did it when we processed the Emancipation Proclamation. His whole thought was, well, they've done a great job. Let's send them back to Africa. Uh, that's really <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what the thought was. Yeah. And then it ended up not working that way. Mm -hmm. uh, the proclamation was forced. And then even after that, though, remember um, that we were not 100% the human being in the, in the, in the eyes of right, whites right, and that right. reflected in the law. Yeah. And we know about the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. There's a lot of different conversations that were had on behalf of black people to make sure that we had a voice and that we had freedom. Right, right. So that's one of the reasons why we, we almost don't feel formed. But to be perfectly honest with you, at the same time, I know that there are individuals that I've come across in, this, in, in, in my lifetime um, who are not my ethnicity, uh, who come from <clears throat> um, whatever Caucasian background, uh, who have looked at me and automatically assumed because of the color of my skin and not the content of my character that I am not their equal right. um, and that I'm very much inferior to them or they are superior to me. Um, and I love meeting those people because <laughs> I always, those are the folks, I don't go out of my way to do it, but just by having a conversation, just like them hilltop conversations in Uber, um, <laughs> I, I love uh, just indirectly proving them wrong. And at the same time, I don't do it to be the pro-black, overly pious SLB that a lot of folk can try and be. I'm definitely not Omar Johnson by any means, but I do it because I want them to see God's love in the process. I give people right. grace when they do stuff like that. Well, and, um, and there is a, there's just a disconnect. I mean, people who didn't grow up in culturally diverse areas, they just don't. You know, they don't have an understanding of that and sometimes they do need to experience or they do need to open themselves up to just other cultures or, or other ways of, of thinking or other yeah. worldviews. And I just thought it was an interesting thing to to talk about when he said um, that they don't even feel they just feel like they're foreigners. And I just thought that that was an, an interesting wrinkle to the racism, like, you know, equality, of course, is something that I think many minorities feel it, there's a, there's a gap in. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I just was thinking about that. I was like, huh, I never really thought about how, you know, racism kind of affects people, but that sense of, hey, you don't even belong in this country. And I never really got the sense that that was necessarily the approach that people took toward, you know, the black community. But it's definitely the approach that people take toward, especially over the last 20 years, right? Muslims and uh, people from yeah. the Middle East. And I just thought that, yeah, was an, sure. that was a very interesting thing that I'd never really, never really grasped or really thought about. So it was a different perspective. Yeah. Well, you know, if I can be minutely hypocritical for two seconds, um, 
you you can and you you will witness it when it comes to folks like the alt right and the KKK. So let me say that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, um, they we're talking about the extremes. Um, yeah, 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 I mean, um, but at the same time, though, you know, this is where other conversations kind of blend in uh, to to the equation as well, like uh, uh, the the understanding of white privilege. Um, the the misconceptions that produce white fragility mm-hmm. um you know all of those things are conversations that need to be had you know the funny thing about it is um okay maybe white privilege is is, is is a much heavier conversation to have but i think that um fragility could be very easily dismissed if folks recognize that there's nothing to be fragile about it's just the complete understanding of what our history really represents right um and the the deal in that is most folks just don't want to really hear history Mm -hmm. (laughs) well and and i also think that it's the the difference in at least american terms is i think even people who are you know prejudiced and maybe even an unaware sense of prejudice um, they, I don't think that they would deny the impact that black culture has had on American culture as a whole, when mm-hmm. it comes to music, when it comes to athletics, when it comes to style, um, style fa- like all kinds of, we're just, of, we're just cooler. Yeah, you just, you're just cooler. Um, so but, cooler. but we don't think about that the same way with other cultures, um, such as, you know, Eastern cultures or Middle Eastern or Far Eastern cultures. We don't think about them having the same impact on American culture or American society the way that we do with black culture, um, you know, and that's that's just something that it was interesting because I'd never really thought about it quite to that level about it being, <laughs> you know, you're also not only are you uh, not equal to me, but you're also not even as American as I am. <laughs> and that was just, yeah. that was just something I'd never really thought about. Um, yeah, no, nah, that's... Um... I don't know. That, I think that's why I, I thank God that I had the opportunity uh, to simply just kind of learn and to immerse myself and graft myself into all different types of cultural experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, um, hanging out with you, cool white boy, you're weird, <laughs> but you're cool. Um, growing up the way I grew up, uh, coming across all different kinds of people, yeah. um, being in the hood, and then you know, having folks thinking that our home was a HUD home every now and again. Shouts to Sonny and Jay for keeping the lights on and keeping food in me and my brother's mouth because we ate everything. Uh, but then, you know, coming up here and, and moving to Greenbrier, kind of moving on up, being like the Jeffersons and being on a home that was right in front of a golf course. And uh-huh. uh, everybody, all my friends in, in my neighborhood, with the exception of one, were white or, or I think there was a couple of Asian, no, Filipino ones. And I went to a predominantly white college. Um you know, and then put myself in many different cultural facets, even working at TGI Fridays, just all different kinds of people and just really taking the opportunity to get in their worlds and ask real questions and now understanding, like, you know, I got a Filipino family circus called me Kuya Brown. Kuya means brother. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, there's no greater honor than stuff like that. And I love it. And it's just recognizing that these are people and these people have a culture mm-hmm. and no, you don't have to completely like, you know, um, turn yourself into a clone of their culture, right? but they appreciate you simply taking the time out to ask the questions to get the understanding. Yeah. There's a really cool sense of acceptance that you get when you become closer with people of other cultures 
and they really accept you. I mean, I feel that way about how our friendship has developed over the years. And there's just, it's a different level of acceptance because there's additional barriers that whether we want them to be there or not, that have to be broken down and have to be removed in order for, for people to become close because of those, those things that are just there. And so, you know, it just, I think it just adds an extra level of uniqueness and, you know, talking about how you grew up, it's, you know, somewhat similar for me growing up in SoCal with, you know, a a very diverse group of uh, Hispanic and black and, you know, Asian, it's a melting pot area and same type of deal. But you, when the more you spend your time around other cultures, uh, it becomes difficult to not accept other cultures unless you just want to completely close yourself off to it, <laughs> which, yeah. which is a tough life to live. So. Exactly. And then like another encouragement is also, you know, I, yeah, I'm a little big brother with it, but most of my family isn't. So it kind of works out for me anyway, you know, doing 23 andmes and doing ancestries and stuff like that. Right. You will be amazed. And it's so funny because you would be amazed, not like so, so far back, but maybe your great grandfather, great, great grandfather, mm-hmm. like folks don't realize what they got in their blood, man. Right. Like it's right. funny. I was talking about that before. Um, but when I went up to New York last week, I was talking to my uncle. Stop it. Cause I know you're about to talk about <laughs> my uncle in this, in this voice. I just, true, all I heard was life. five seconds of your uncle in the background telling you, you got your stew ready, boy. And I was like, this guy, <laughs> this guy sounds great. We need this guy on. True life New Yorkers up there. <laughs> Yeah, I love him. Uncle Dean, Dickie Dean, shout out <laughs> to you, my dude. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was just like he was talking about all these folks that he had come into contact with on my on my dad's dad's side. My dad's dad is the black one. Uh-huh. My grandma's, uh, she's actually had Puerto Rican and then she's have, I don't know what she called, Curacaoian or whatever the island is above South America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot about that side. I don't know that much about my granddad's side. And come to find out, you know, uh, a couple of things. One, I'm going to go on public record. I can't believe I'm even saying this. Uh, my great, great, no, no, my great grandfather's name is indeed Charlie Brown, which <laughs> is crazy <laughs> enough in itself. Um, but two, um, apparently, I don't know if it was his father or somebody in that line um, is another European Jewish person. And I'm just like, wait, what? Cause I just, I just knew that the black of the berry that suited the juice on that side. Like I look at all of them, they some dark, beautiful people. They dark though. Um, and then out of nowhere, he's showing me this picture of this relative of mine. And I mean, he has the most Jewish last name I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm looking at this cat like Goldstein. I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, <laughs> but then they introduced me to another cousin that I met. We've been talking on Facebook. Um, the crazy thing is they live in Lakeland, Florida. I've been in Lakeland, Florida two times in the last three years. Had I known I had family, yo, we meeting and eating yeah. for sure. He's <laughs> just showing like pictures of other of family members of ours, and one of them who looks like a tall tale version of my granddad. And I was just like, whoa. So you know, it's just it's it's it's, it's, it's so crazy. Um, you know, just to and now I'm not. Maybe we can get some uh, some some good advertising for twenty three and me. I was going to say you you have Plug made it. me want to get one of these. You know, maybe they'll become a sponsor and they'll give me a free a free <laughs> kit. Um, yeah, it, it it fascinates me, and I do think that we spend so much time just worried about our own life experience and kind of living within that bubble, uh, worrying about just kind of the here and now not thinking about the past enough and not thinking about the future enough. <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, here, here's a time where 
a lot of things are being reset and a lot of our perspectives are being reset. A lot of our values are being reset based mm-hmm. on what we're experiencing in our society today. Uh, you know, it's time to just kind of take a moment and reflect on your history and on your future and, you know, prepare for the unexpected things and use your, use your past as a, as a way to <laughs> convince yourself that, that you do need to prepare for what may not come. And, uh, you know, think exactly. that, that, that definitely made me think about maybe taking one of these tests, learn a little bit more about myself. Uh, yeah, man. I, it's, it's just, it's really awesome that, you know, modern technology again, gives you the opportunity to do that. Like it's helping us to do everything right now. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just ultimately feel like the cause of crisis for us to understand who we are, right. um, our identity as individuals, as people, um, and also, you know, to, to walk us into our call and our purpose mm-hmm. so we can walk that out as well. And I feel like it's much more freeing, much more liberating for us to be able to do that without the, the guard of all these things that tell us that we need to be on our guard, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because we're not supposed to trust these people or because, you know, these folks had us in, as, as slaves for God knows whatever amount of time, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like the mistrust and, and the calculated mistrust mm-hmm. is the thing that gets me the most in all that, because that means that I automatically am just supposed to assume no matter what, if I see some pasty pale person mm-hmm. that don't look like me, I automat I, I keep you on. I, I keep myself on guard. Right. You come to me, you get busted in the face. You know. And if I do that, then guess what? We don't have a relationship, and God doesn't deal with this ordination of of, of a of a podcast process. Right. You know. What I'm saying? Right. Like, it's just, you know. And and for those who don't know, this this was a crazy thing. Um, I had always imagined that this podcast was supposed to have co-hosts or co-hosts still supposed to have co-hosts we'll mm-hmm. probably bring at least one more person in here every now and again uh to do to do with us but i was really praying i was praying i was praying i was praying and i was like somebody who has a diverse perspective from mine which is funny though because you're still more cat than i am um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know somebody who could give a different vantage point and I was praying and then like God just really put Devin on my heart. And so I come and I'm like, I call Devin, I talk to him. And he's like, yo, I've been praying about doing a podcast with somebody for like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, there's there's a cat in the background. There is a cat on. in the background. I, just, I know. Yeah, so I just wanted to put that out there. He's pretty but, um, he's quiet yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but just the like having that conversation would have never happened. If I'd have been like some of the people that I know in my world, yo, don't trust white people. <laughs> that's exactly what they say. That's exactly what they say, though. Yeah, and that's, I that's know. The real thing. Now, you know, it's just like the Christian church, the church in Antioch was the first place where you realize it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what you look like. It didn't matter where you came from, what your social class was. Right. If you were a member of the family of Christ, then that said it and that settled it all at the same time. And you, you've touched on that before. You talked about how there's some line of thinking that Christianity, you know, kind of the blending of the Jews and the, and the Gentiles. And I know you don't love that word, but um, mm-hmm. was basically almost a creation of a new race mm-hmm. and where a new race in the sense that, <laughs> yeah. that race didn't matter. And, and exactly. basically Christ coming did abolish the whole chosen people thing. And it just, it made everybody equal and chosen uh, by God in a sense. And 
you know, it's, it's all mankind now and we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's, that's what's cool. And if we can embrace that, then it doesn't matter what our cultural history is, what our family history is, what our skin color is, what our taste in music is. Um, <laughs> and, and it, you got me thinking because I tell people a lot of times I say, if, if the Bible talks about something a lot, it's probably important. Yeah. <laughs> and I only just realized this, um, mainly because I skipped through those parts. Uh, but there is so much genealogy <laughs> and, yeah. and tracking Yo, in the Bible exactly. so much that, you know exactly. what, it must be important. And if we go ahead and apply that to our own lives, it's probably important for us to know where we came from and what our lineage is and who our family was because it helps us understand more about ourselves. And that's exactly what happens biblically because all of the people throughout the course of the Bible had this history, this genealogy, this tracking of who they were and where they came from. And it helped them understand kind of who they were, what their purpose was. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks a lot about that. So we should probably spend some time on that. <laughs> true story, bro. hundred percent true story, man. Yo, this is crazy. And all this because some ignorant person had to stab awesome Asian people. Hey. Um, you know, we, yo, there's just, always a teaching moment. So we, we yeah. managed to find it. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, definitely a teaching moment. Y'all just stop being ignorant. Uh, there mm -hmm. you go. There's your encouragement. Just yep. stop being ignorant. There it is. Yeah. And, and keep washing your dang hands. Just all of those things, please. Just do them. You're really a good idea. <laughs> all right. Well, we have gone super long, probably because, you know, we don't get to spend enough time with other people uh, <laughs> right now. Um, you know. Yeah. So, you know, at uh, at risk of boring people, we should probably wrap this thing up. And uh, yeah. I'm sure. No, we're not going to bore anybody. No. But, you know, somebody's probably looking at us like we've lost our, our dang minds by now. Mm-hmm. Which is perfectly fine because everybody's crazy. You, you you look at you take a deep long look at yourself. You'll you'll admit that you've lost your mind. And, and guess what? Even in that, we still love you. If they're Praise just the now Lord. thinking I lost my mind, <laughs> it Lord took them God. a while. Yeah, I know. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> big brother. Yeah, all this stuff. Cool. Anyway, folks. Hey, listen. Thank you all so very much again for tuning in. We appreciate it. I uh, pray that you catch us next week. We got a nice interview coming with an awesome awesome couple that's going to give you one of the craziest stories you've ever heard in your entire life about bouncing back from a multitude of uh, family suicides. Um, because I know that's another thing that really needs to be discussed and approached around here. We're, we're, we're giving it to you the best way we can. Good, raw conversations with life and people. Uh, but again, uh, continue to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. As always, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. I'll let you next time. Thank you. Don't forget Peace. to watch Tiger King, Jordan. All right, man. Later.
Eye to Eye is a production of Inspired One Enterprises. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta at I2I Podcast. That is I underscore the number two underscore I Podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform. Uh, Leave those five stars and a generous review because you love us and want us to be successful. You know, like we want you to be successful. You know, it's like the whole reason why we made this thing. Come on, man. Uh, Anyway, thank you once again for rocking with us. And please continue to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Yeah, y'all take it easy. We'll catch you next time. One love. Peace.